everybody. It's the depths of summer, uh, normally a time when most folks are on vacation. But this week, football returns, and there's also a little basketball. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Michigan Right with yours truly, Nick Baumgartner, along with Orion Singh here in Ann Arbor. Uh, Orion back from Peach Jam, um, which is in Augusta. Well, I guess it's Augusta, right? Georgia? Yeah, so, 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 so it's, a, it's the North Augusta part. Of North Augusta, that's yeah. in South Carolina. So it's across Carolina. the border. Yeah. Um, we will have football later in the week, so we're not going to get into too much of that maybe today, although Big Ten Media Days will be Thursday, Friday. Michigan will talk Friday in Chicago. Um, yeah, Friday morning and probably Friday night, actually. So most people are probably not going to care because a lot of them will be at the beach. As uh, we discussed last week, Big Ten Media Days early this year for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, it is basketball recruiting season as the uh, July period. Uh, well, there's two July periods, right? Is that correct? Or is there just one now? They just got rid of... Uh, is that what it is? So it's like the the AAU periods have been shortened That's what um, it is. pretty yeah. heavily. So there's like, it used to be a lot more days. Yeah. And then this year, thanks to Condoleezza Rice, I believe, is, is the main <laughs> the main mover behind us. But uh, it, it's way shortened. So they had a small chunk earlier this summer, and, and then this okay. past week was a second chunk. Okay, so this was the bigger one, though, uh, in terms of the, the event, I yeah. suppose, anyway. The Peach Jam is obviously the biggest EYBL deal. Um and then of course there was stuff going on in uh, Birmingham and Atlanta, correct? Or was it just so? Like both? So yeah. So the Adidas championships were in Birmingham, and then the um, Under Armour finals were in Atlanta, and then okay. the Peach Jam Invitational, which is where all the teams that didn't make the actual Peach Jam, yeah. was also in Augusta. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> so a lot going a lot, on. A lot. You were at the real Peach Jam, yeah. uh, where Michigan was for most of the time. And uh, got an opportunity to really to see number one. Um, I think we knew most of the kids that they were they were recruiting in, in this cycle and in the, and then beyond. But number two, uh, more importantly, you got to see sort of who they're really looking at uh, more intently, maybe, mm-hmm. and and what their reaction, what those kids' reaction uh, would be. So we'll start out with. You wrote a story yesterday that was a, was a good read. It's on Freep.com now for for all those who haven't seen it. Just about. John Howard's general recruiting philosophy, which differs in, uh, quite a bit from John Beeline, as we expected. But now that they've had a chance to see it, uh, what what are your takeaways on on his overall approach to you know what will be the most important part of his job? Yeah, um, so we we kind of talked about this earlier before, but his approach differs greatly from from John Beeline's in that um, it's a lot less strenuous. I would say um, yeah. there, there are fewer requirements for a player to receive an offer. Um, sure. If they if they know a player they like is out there, they'll, they'll just offer them. They don't need to wait for them to come to campus and all that. They don't need to watch them live first necessarily. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the first difference. Um, the second difference is just the pool of players that they're going after. I mean, um, some of these guys like like the, the former staff is going after Walker Kessler, right, and and, yeah. and a couple other guys. But like Josh Christopher, you know, that's yeah. the type of player. Scotty Barnes, these are the type of players that really the former staff had no interest in going after. Um, and and we're gonna get him. <laughs> yeah, and this current staff is, is trying. They're yeah. trying hard. Um, I mean, they watched Josh Christopher a few times. Uh, Scotty Barnes is also. I think they'd really like to take him. I don't know if they're really. Doesn't in, sound like they doesn't sound like they're in that one. Like yeah, that. yeah. But I mean, that's that's a guy that Juwan is really close to personally. Um, but really, the, the one that stands out to me is Josh Christopher because that's the first offer that Juwan Howard made mm-hmm. upon taking the Michigan job. And, and your first offer is it's a pretty big deal, you know, the first mm-hmm. one you hand out. Um, and Christopher is is a high profile recruit. He has been for years because in this day and age, you know, there's a YouTube hype videos. Yeah. There's Twitter, Instagram, social media. So he's huge. He's got a huge following, and he's really good too. Um, he doesn't have an offer from Kentucky yet, but 
Kentucky had three coaches, including Calipari, watching him yeah. on multiple occasions, and that's that's a huge deal to have three coaches right. from one school watching you. Um, Arizona's at, school, yeah, yeah, Arizona's after him too. You know, UCLA, like all the big schools are after him. It's going to be a tough battle, but I mean, these are the type of battles that Michigan is starting to get into now, and and it really wasn't like that before that often. So no, uh, the only times that Beeline ever really recruited against Kentucky and Duke um, were if. He found he found someone that no one knew about when the kid was like a junior, mm-hmm. and then that kid would blow up, and then Kentucky and Duke would offer him like, <laughs> you know, six months later or whatever. But it was never, and that kid would usually like be number seventy two in the rankings, and then suddenly he was, top, he was a five star young or whatever. Yeah. Like Luke Kennard, yeah, or, Devin uh, Booker, Devin Booker. Yeah. yeah, that was about it. But this is a much different scenario, and I wonder if this is going to be something that. Uh, you know, this net is being cast pretty wide with the top targets in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if it's that way, if it'll be that way every year, or if it's simply that way because he has no prior knowledge of anyone outside of the the, the viewfinder of his kid played, or his kids play AAU ball, so he knows a little bit from that standpoint. But right. other than that, and his kids play for a, an elite program, um, or if this is just going to be how it goes. Well... My take is that um, it, maybe it's flipped from what you were just saying in that he has two kids who are who are really well liked on AAU trail. Sure. I've never heard a bad thing about them. Like yeah. play, other players love them. Like other players love Jason Jett. They know them. Yeah. They know who they are. Um, they're friends with them. My my thought is that Juwan is just he's heard from guys that you know he's heard from his sons about guys yeah. that might have interest in Michigan because like Jace mentioned Josh Christopher specifically yeah Amari Burnett is close to both Howard kids sure um so my thought is maybe like to, to start he kind of reached out and, and said like hey like you know you know my son yeah like it just so happens his sons just only know, yeah it, only know the best players in the country he, he, yeah that, that too yeah right. but like but like it, it seems very like yes yeah. I, I wouldn't say restricted but it seems like that was based on like you know, what you heard from sons, the sons were talking to kids. They're like, "Hey, are you interested in Michigan? Like, yeah, would you be would you be interested if they reached out to you? Stuff like that." I mean, that's yeah. what Jay said. Um, and then it's not going to be like he's only relying on his sons. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying right. that, like, to start off, you know. It, it well, I mean, I think he probably relied on him heavily because you know, yeah, if yeah. personal relationships, they know who he is. Yeah. Beyond the fact that he was an NBA player and he played here however many years ago, most of these kids probably don't know that. Yeah. I mean, um, but it's interesting. I mean, it's, okay, so of, of all the guys that were there, um, if you had to handicap, who? who well, let me say this: their top. Who are the guys they want the most? How about that? Let's let's start with yeah. that. The guys they want the most, and then we'll get into who possibly they could actually get. So, so I think their top target was a kid that I actually didn't see this weekend. It was Walker Kessler. Yeah. And that's based on the first day of the live period was Thursday, mm-hmm. and Juwan had been at a peach gem the previous night, yeah. Wednesday night. He had been able to watch two games because his sons were playing. Yeah. No other college coach was allowed to because the live period technically hadn't started. So Jawan left North Augusta and went mm-hmm. to Birmingham, Alabama to be at Walker Kessler's game to start j- the July live period on Thursday yeah. morning. To me, that says that he's the top target. I would think so. Because every other head coach is at peach jam. You know, like uh, yeah. Roy Williams, Coach K, Cal Perry, um, and, and Howard went to Birmingham to watch yeah. Kessler. That That is... Pretty indicative of where. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like we said, we talked before. If it if he wasn't that high in the list, he would have sent Saudi or yeah. Phil Martelli or right. Isley, right? And he wouldn't have gone himself. I right. mean, that's pretty. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Um, and, and so and and Saudi rotated over too. So so Jawan sure. left 
uh, after watching some Thursday, and he was back at Peach Jam later at night, and then he was there all day Friday. Um, Saudi rotated over to Birmingham to watch Kessler um, mm -hmm. on, on Friday. So, having multiple coaches go, yeah. first visit from Juwan, that seems like he's the top target. Um, moving on down the list, I think Christopher's up there. Mm -hmm. um, they had multiple coaches see him. Uh, and, he, of course, like we mentioned before, he was the first offer uh, under Howard's new staff. Um, Hunter, Dicker, Hunter Dickinson, yeah. um, it seems like a top target for them. He's another center, so I don't know yep. if they take two centers, but they, they clearly need a center. Obviously, with John Teske graduating after the season. Um, you know, Juwan went to see him. Phil Martelli saw him. Mm -hmm. Sadi saw him. So three coaches, at least three coaches saw him. Uh, Namari Burnett, mm -hmm. he's from Chicago. He plays a prolific prep out in California. He has ties to Juwan. I've read him out of four. Yep. Um, his trainer is a close family friend of Juwan. He's really close with Jace and Jet. He's a guard. Um, he's a guard. Yeah, he's a combo guard. So, so here's the interesting part is because Michigan has a, a point guard committed in Zeb Jackson. Yep. And teams have been telling Namari Burnett that he can play the one, and he wants to play the one in college. Interesting. But to me, I think he, I think he's a combo guard. So you, you could, I think he would work with Zeb Jackson. Yeah. The key is if you can convince him of doing that, because I think he's pretty set on playing the point guard position. Right. I think teams have sold him that. Um, and obviously, like if. If you can be a point guard, if teams are like, oh yeah, you'd want to. You want yeah. it. You want the ball in your hands. Two point but, guards really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but 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 Burnett, yeah. yeah, but Burnett is basically yeah. a, a combo guard. Sure, yeah. He's, a, he's really good at scoring. His outside shot can be streaky, but he's he's going to get into the basket. He has an insanely long wingspan for a guy's size. He's like six three. Mm -hmm. um, he can get to the basket. He can post up kids. He's a good mid range game. Um, so he, he's one of the better scorers I've seen. Yeah. Um, and, and he's, I mean. Of all the guys that they're going after, they have the most connections to him because he's known Juwan yeah. since he was a kid. Right. He's from Chicago. I mean, yeah, he's a personal, uh, more of an intimate personal knowledge of who he is. Yeah. So you'd think in that sense he would have they would have a better chance with someone like that. Yeah. Than someone who's like, you know, knows his sons a little bit. Exactly. Doesn't really know him. Yeah. Uh, in that sense, so there's a few. Yeah. Off the top, there's more. There's more. Yeah. Um. I want, to, I want to touch on one more, Go though, ahead, yeah. because I, he's not a top target for them, but he's a he's a kid who's climbing up the board, mm -hmm. and he was recruited by the last staff. This is, this is Lance Ware. He's yeah. from New Jersey. Goes to Camden High School. He's a four-star right. power forward. Um, so we, we don't know what Michigan basketball is going to look like, but um, yeah, there, there are some signs and hints about what it might look like, and I think their, their close look at Lance Ware is an indication of what they may be moving towards, because... To me, Lance Ware is a five. Yeah. He, he looks like a center to me. He's a 6'7", 205-pound forward who's listed as yeah. power forward. But to me, he plays like a center. Um, he, he cleans stuff up down low. He gets what you would call like garbage points. You know, yeah. like picks up loose balls and dunks it. Yeah. Uh, he's a defender. He rebounds really well. But besides that, he doesn't really shoot from outside. He doesn't have much of a perimeter. Right. He doesn't have a perimeter game right now. Um, he doesn't really have a mid-range game he's either. He's an interior. Yeah. He's an interior guy, yeah. Um, Michigan sat down to talk about Lance Ware recently, and, and what they said was, they said, we think he's a four. They, they think he's a four. In, in the past... So he wouldn't, that wouldn't have been a four in the past. I don't, I don't think so, yeah. I really, I really don't think so. So that, that begs the question of what is a four in this offense. Right, yeah. right. Which would be, I mean, it, like you said, it's not... So maybe as we go for, forward here, the idea of them possibly playing two bigs uh, together would be something that we'll probably see more of. Uh, we could, yeah. Uh, it seems that way. I mean, they're, they're recruiting a lot of bigs because they need them, but that's mm -hmm. also maybe because they want more. Yeah. You know, yeah. that could be part of it. Yeah. 
I, I just thought that was one of the more yeah. interesting tidbits I heard. Be, so Beelan recruited Lance Ware. Yeah, but it, it, it wasn't very a, it wasn't very hard. Yeah. Um, he had been to campus twice already, so he's friends with Caesar Ruiz. They went to high school together. Yeah, um, at Camden, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Martelli recruited Lance Ware. Yeah. Uh, St. Joe's, right? Before, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So now Martelli, um, Martelli saw him. Saudi, mm -hmm. Saudi's recruiting him. Juwan saw him too. So he's they're they're evaluating really like they're really evaluating him closely. Mm -hmm. They're taking a really close look at him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they offered him yeah. soon. Um, and if they if they want to stay in it with them, they probably have to because this brings me to my next point. After Peach Jam is when a lot of prospects sort of start to right. pare down their lists. Um, so. A lot of schools will show more interesting kids yeah. after Peach Jam, after getting a chance to watch them at Peach Jam. And then, I guess, one to two weeks after that is when recruits start narrowing their list down. Right. Because it's kind of getting close to picking out Making like, the which, visits, yeah, and, yeah. which visits you want to make. So, so, so that brings us to the next spot here. Now, when uh, of all the guys we just talked about, and some of them are, and I think three of the five we just mentioned are top 20, they're five-star players. Uh, Kessler is a five-star player. Uh, Burnett is a five-star player. And Christopher's a five-star player. Dickinson's a probably a top thirty. He's, yeah, he's player. like top, he's number thirty. Yeah. Of all the guys we just talked about there, and there are more on their list, of course. Uh, realistically, of the guys you saw, who who can they possibly, who can they get here? Who is never going to happen, and who we'll see. Who, like if you had to, it, as as it sits today, obviously things can change. Mm -hmm. But as it sits today, who are, who would they be in the best shape with? Um, I think that they're. I think that they they could be in good shape with Dickinson. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Because they they just started recruiting him pretty pretty heavily, but they hadn't really been recruiting him before. Obviously, with this coaching mm -hmm. change, the last staff was looking at him, but he hadn't offered him yet. Yeah. Um. So he had offered on June twenty sixth. Juwan saw him in the high school evaluation period. Uh, there. Yeah. In, in D.C. Um. That's also another new change to the calendar. Anyways. Um. And they saw him at Peach Jam, and they're heavy. They're they're heavily recruiting him right now. So that's yeah. like a guy like if they keep doing this. They can continue moving up his list because I think I think they're gonna make the cut. Yeah. When he makes it, probably get a visit from him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he said he told me that his parents had already been contacted and and they had set up a visit for fall. Yeah. Maybe early winter. It hasn't. It isn't like in stone yet. But so he's taking one. I see him twenty four seven. Uh, he already went to Louisville. He's taking one yes. to, Notre, to Notre Dame in September, and then he's got one Purdue. Right. In October. So so, so Purdue more, Purdue is like yeah. a school. I think that I'd probably watch out for here because they've been recruiting him. For a long time. Yeah, and he's not taking that visit till mid-October. So, yeah. I mean, you've got some time. And, and the pitch there is, like, you can be what A.J. Hammonds was. You can be what Isaac Haas was. Yeah, important to note talk about him. He is a big space-eating. Yeah. He is not a beeline five. I think that's why John Bielard hadn't offered him. Because, right. because yeah. this is a guy. <laughs> that's what I'm just going to say. This is a guy. Not a beeline five. Yeah. yeah. This big is a, dude. Yeah. 7'2", 260. You uh, just tell him to get down on a block. Yeah. And you just tell him to get there, get position, and you toss the ball on him. So, the thing that stood out to me was, like, he actually looked a little quicker live yeah. than I anticipated. Like he was, he wasn't exactly plodding around, right? Because some of those guys can be like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, like the competition's going to get right. Oh yeah, it's going to increase as he, as he moves on to the next level. But like against AAU teams, he was blocking shots, he was rotating over, he was contesting shots. He looked a little bit better than I maybe anticipated yeah. in that aspect. The offensive game was what I expected. You know, he's he's really good at scoring down low, and that's yeah, that's about it. Right? He's really good at that. So. That's why he's highly ranked. He's he's tall. He's big, and he can score. So, with um, Kessler, um, they've had so they recruited him. The previous staff did. He has a relationship. He knows Michigan. But uh, I mean, he's a top fifteen guy in the country. Duke wants him. 
Yeah. Everybody else wants him. Virginia, where you know, I don't know about this Georgia situation. Well, yeah. It doesn't sound like he's going there. Yeah. But it sounded like maybe at first, maybe that was a possibility, but maybe not now. Yeah, because his entire family had played there. He had an yeah. uncle who started there. It was an NBA. Like, that's the interesting part to me is that if he's set on not going to Georgia, then... So now maybe it changes. Maybe you have a chance, yeah. And he has familiarity with Saudi and... So maybe with him you'd say... You know, whereas Dickinson, maybe they have a pretty good chance to get in there and make something happen. Maybe with him, they have a chance. A chance, yeah. we'd say, right? Classified as like it's not yeah. impossible. No, yeah. It's probably not. Maybe we wouldn't say it's likely or something like that. I would, I would say the chances are probably less likely than they were before because the previous staff felt really good about him. Yeah, Kessler, that is, they felt really, really good about him. So, but you don't. Maybe, maybe that's changed. Maybe that's changed, right? Now that they've all left. But maybe not. Because Juan Howard just went to see him. I, yeah, you know. we'll see. Yeah, maybe not. Clearly, they still want him. Um, yeah. They want him even more than the previous staff did. Right. Maybe. Uh, I would think. Yeah, as, as much. Yeah. I would say. Right. Yeah. And he is. He is. Um, he has more perimeter skills. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more. More, but no. I wouldn't say that. That's like his. He's just. He's still also a big giant. Space eating dude, right? I mean, he, he does yeah. have more perimeter skills. Yeah. But, yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> Is he agreeing or disagreeing? Uh, yeah, he's doing, yeah. Yeah. No, like he, he can shoot the three pretty well. Yeah. Um, he's pretty nimble for a big guy that size. Right. Um, I mean, he's a pretty high level prospect. Yeah, yeah, he that's, is. That's he's legit. He is. Um, NBA type. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. These centers are hard. It's it's really to hard. judge yeah. because, and as we've talked about uh, over and over and over over the years, um, you know, this whole idea of positionless stuff and it makes you wonder right if they're recruiting some of these guys who are these big giant dudes you're going to need another big giant dude probably next to them that can actually do a little bit more than just stand around and take up space yeah we'll so see. it's an interesting uh sorry. but anyway going on the list so kessler would be a possibility but we don't know i mean that's one they're going to have to work to get back in on they had yeah. good, a good situation with him before yeah maybe not as much now but maybe that improves with juan howard and he knows saudi and everything else mm-hmm. um Dickinson, but man, I mean, you know, not having a D-line here oh, yeah. it would be a ding for Kessler. Burnett is the one that's uh, interesting, that's, as yeah. we talked about. I mean, the chances of, of this happening are, well, how would you, how would we gauge? Um, I guess the best way to put it is that I think they have a pretty pretty good shot, a really good shot of getting him if they continue recruiting him yeah. hard and and maybe even ratchet up a little bit. Like even if they if they if they Take it up a little bit in terms of how hard you're recruiting him. I think you'd have a really good shot. Um, he has so many ties in Michigan. He has people in his corner who are specifically pushing for Michigan. Yeah. Um, he knows Jawan, so he has that sense of familiarity. He's one where you maybe, like, like some prospects would maybe want to wait to see what Michigan would look like. He's one where maybe he would have enough trust in Jawan where he doesn't need to see that necessarily. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, like even with all that said. He seems fairly wide open. His first official yeah. visit he scheduled is to Alabama. And to me, that's just so interesting because this is the kid who's from Chicago. He's playing basketball on California. Yeah. And his first visit is to Alabama. So he just doesn't, he'll go wherever. He'll go yeah. wherever. Yeah, he's wide open. Arizona's after him hard. He, he's not bothered at all by anything he saw there regarding yeah. the corruption scandal. Um, I think he's going to visit there. Louisville's after him hard. UCLA. It's, it's going to be a tough one for sure. But like yeah. I, with your ties, I mean, you have to give it a shot given his caliber. Um, and, and as we've also discussed, Michigan just needs bucket getters. He needs a bucket getter. Yeah. You need a guy like him in the class. So um, I think he'll be a top target for them going forward. Yeah. Um, but whether or not it happens, and that brings yeah. me to the next point here, is that uh, so a lot of guys that you talk to 
will tell you that, uh, oh, yeah. A lot of guys that you talk to will say, I know him, uh, I know about him, uh, everything else in between, right? We we okay there? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. So I know I know him. I know of him. Uh, I think he's a good guy. He seems like a good guy. This, that, and the other. Um, but and there's, but there's always a but, right? It seems like that's followed with it. Uh, but I don't really know. Yeah, it's like at all. And like, I don't know how far I can wait. So I mean, right. The situation here is challenging. We'll say. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's like the Scotty Barnes story. It's yeah. Right. Scott, it's Scotty Barnes telling me, "Hey, I love Juwan. I'm really close with him." He said, yeah. "I'm really close with him like eight times." He yeah. said, "I'm really close to Juwan. Um, I got to know him really well this past year. Like even like long before Juwan was even mentioned right. for the job, he was he was talking to Scotty, just like mentoring him, um, taking him through his high school season, and and then Scotty's like, like I have a top eight. I feel like I'm pretty set with that." Um, what would it take for you to visit Michigan? I don't know. Mm. This is a guy who who's really close to Juwan, right. who's who's has sleepovers with Jace Howard all the time. Yeah, right. He's close to Jet Howard, so that's like the challenge. And then like, you ask, what would it take for you to visit the school that says, those two kids know. are probably going to go to? Yeah, and he says, I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> it, 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 it's just it's just tough because he's like if if yeah. if Scotty Barnes is a 2022 kid. And there's some who are yeah, really talented sure. that play with Jet that are looking at Michigan closely. Like if he was a 2022 kid, like, hey, there you go, full speed ahead. But yeah. it's a little late for a yeah. guy like him. Lance, where I mean, I think he likes Michigan a lot. Still doesn't have an offer yet. Yeah. But uh, even he brought up the points. Just like like, I have no idea how to evaluate Juwan's first year because you'd have to wait until the season, right? Yeah. And then by that point, it's getting, oh, yeah, it's getting pretty yeah. late. Yeah. So it's just tough for these kids. It's tough for these prospects, really. And that's the money part of this whole thing, or whatever you want to call it. It's because it's because a lot of these kids are going to have. They, they, if you want to go to Michigan, and if you really believe in this, you're you're going to have to believe on on a on a sales a sales point of faith. It's mm-hmm. not. There's no evidence. There's no proof. There's nothing that yeah. they can say that they can point to. That there's nothing this staff can point to and say, look at what we've done or accomplished. Right. So I, you're doing it on a leap of faith. Yeah. I, I want to make the point that this is abnormal because when, when Nate Oates goes to Alabama, yeah. he says, he look, at, look at what I did at I Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. um, when Mick Cronin goes to UCLA, he says, look at what I did at Cincinnati. Right. When Jawan Howard came to Michigan, w- there's, nothing there's nothing really further than base yeah. off of. And it's not even just that. It's that, it's that like other, other co- like Mike Hopkins, when he went to Washington, he says, look at what I did at Syracuse. Right. Like, look, two, three zone. With, yeah. Yeah look, yeah. look at all this stuff I learned from Jim Mayheim. Yeah. Juwan Howard, it's like, what do you really say? He didn't have like, a guru. It's a lot of NBA stuff. So right. it's a lot of these, like, yeah. I could maybe get you to the NBA, but, but there's no, I was not the head coach. Yeah. You can't say, like, look at this, yeah. this is the scheme that we ran at Syracuse or whatever, like what Hopkins no. was saying. There's nothing, like there's nothing there other than a leap of faith, a blind leap of faith almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to call it blind, but it's pretty close to being that. It's this, you know, uh, you're trying to. So I would assume they're trying to sell the university, the you know, the the program that's been here and that's been established a little bit, right? I think that they're probably trying to sell that. Yeah. Like, you know, this has been a this has been a national program for a few years now. Um, they had a lot of success. There's still good players here, mm. you know. And and but but to your but to the point you brought up earlier, a lot of these kids will say that sounds great, but I really would like to see what this looks like on the court before I sign up to play for you. Mm-hmm. And you won't really know that until next spring. And a lot of these kids can't really afford to wait. Mm-hmm. 
And if or you, you don't have to. Or, or they don't have to. You just really don't have to. And if you really want to go here, like, it's hard, right? Because it's like, are you going to wait all the way into spring just on them when right. you could go to Duke? Yeah. Or these other places? So yeah. it's like, it's very difficult. And it's going to be an interesting situation to see how that works out. Yeah. So, so I guess that brings me to my next point is that I had a piece this morning on what Jawan Howard is like as a recruiter and what his pitch has been. And his pitch has not really included, like, this is what we're going to look like. Yeah. Like X's and That's O's. probably good, right? Because right. You, don't know. Yeah. you can't really do that. Yeah. So, so instead, what he's been telling recruits is that he's been saying, look, I can, I can relate to you. I was in your exact position yeah. like 30 years ago. Um, I know what it's like to be a recruiter prospect. I know what it's like to, be, to have all this stress and all this pressure. Um, and then he's telling them, like, I know what it takes to be successful at the college level and in the NBA. Sure. Like, I was in the NBA for so long. Um, so he's sticking to his strengths, which right. is... Right. Yeah. What so, you would like so, to, yeah. Yeah. So his his personality, I think, is has done well with recruits. I think recruits like his personality, what he's like. They like yeah. talking with him, and then they also like his ability to relate and his NBA background. Those are two things that stuck out to me. Um, three things that stuck out to me really when when asking about him as a recruiter. So it's yeah. it's not all like it's it's not like. And those are all good things. Those yeah, are all good yeah. good things to sell. Yeah. And really, what this comes down to for me, and when I look at it and say. They have got to get kids on campus. They've got to get visits. If yeah. they get visits um, and bring family and, and and all that, I think that I think that their their chances with some of these guys who like we say they say I don't know, I think the chances maybe increase a bit. But at the same time, at the end of the day, that final decision is still going to come down to whether I really like a guy a lot or I know I'm I know what I'm getting into. And mm-hmm. so it's like. You don't really know what you're getting into, even though you really like this guy, and that's going to be the hurdle that they have to climb over. Yeah, and in addition to getting kids up for visits, they have to also flesh out the rest of the board. I think they may be starting to do that. Um, they offered Terrence Williams. He plays on Team Takeover. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a four-star prospect. He's top 100, but he's just different from you know the guys that they've been currently targeting, um, like Christopher Barnes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, like, like prospects like that, I think would be worth offering going forward just because you, you want to have your backup yeah, options. Right. You yeah. can't just be left. Like yeah. if, if Josh, Josh Christopher leaves you out your top five, you can't just be standing there without any other options. You know, you have to start flushing out who you might go after. Um, considering yeah. that, uh, going forward and, and maybe even try getting those kids up for visits, you know? And, yeah. And, I would think you'd have to start getting into that, yeah. into that, uh, bracket of kids because a lot of questions we got this week were, are they just going after the top 25 players in the class and are they even paying attention to anybody else? Mm-hmm. Because the odds of them signing a five-man class with three five-stars and, you know, two high fours, it's not, no, not probably not going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I mean, like, so they have that opportunity to then to extend some more offers with maybe, maybe we call it more realistic gets, I guess, in this class, maybe, in this yeah. scenario. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're shooting for as high as they can go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, like we said before, I mean, if you can get a visit, that changes a lot. Mm-hmm. If you can get somebody to come up and visit, that changes a lot. Then you, then it becomes, you know, your, your, your ability to compete a little bit is different, right? Because you come visit here, you see the place and you get to have more personal one-on-one time with John Howard and whatever he's selling. And obviously his big selling point is him. Mm-hmm. It's not what we've done or what we are going to do or whatever. You can't. It's impossible for him to do. You, right. It would be stupid for him to even try to suggest some of that stuff because what you know what it, it'd be like basically like I, I don't know you know so we're just going to make something up and 
say that. So it makes a lot of sense, but it's a very interesting scenario because I just, uh, no one knows, right? No one knows mm -hmm. how it's going to work. Um, I assume he got a lot of attention when he was there, at least early on. Yeah, he like, in the building there. Yeah, like, people... like they have a section for where coaches sit. And, yeah. Like you sit down and like the coach next to them would turn over and, and they talk. And that's a for people who don't know the Peach Jam. I mean, everybody's there. Yeah, that's not a everyone. Yeah. That's not a thing where like only half the it's not all the power. Every big coach. It's mid majors. Cal. Yeah. Uh, Krzyzewski, you know. Yeah. Uh, Izzo, all these people. Roy are there. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. But like, I mean, I, I saw a photo of him talking to Tony Bennett. I saw him talking to yeah. another coach. Um, Lance Irvin from Chicago State, um, and and it's yeah. the same goes for other assistants too. Like Martelli was was chopping up with other coaches, you know. Same with Washington. So, I mean, they were they were making connections. Howard clearly was. Yeah. People well, were people were stopping him in the halls to talk yeah. to him. You know? So I mean, there's some of that sizzle on him, but it's like, but people always equate. What I'm trying to say is, is people always equate that when never a new hire happens. Mm -hmm. They equate this like name sizzle with like instant recruiting reward, and they did the same thing with Jim Harbaugh. And it just, it's so much harder than that. And uh, and that's the thing to remember is that you know I always go back to that uh, December thirtieth through January or through February whatever second of that year, uh, fifteen twenty fifteen. He that first night that Jim Harbaugh got the job. And this isn't the same thing, right? Because John Howard and Jim Harbaugh hires were not as seismic nationally. When, when Harbaugh got the job, it was the top story in football. It was the top story in sports. It was the number one story in the country of any sport at the time. Um, and on Twitter and everywhere else, there were recruits all over the place. Wow, that's interesting. I'd like to see that. I want to meet Jim Harbaugh. I want to go see what Michigan has. And they had to wait like 10 days, 15 days, whatever, before the dead period ended so they can go out. And he went out and saw... A ton of kids, like top kids, top level type, you know, players all over the place. Went out and saw just a ton of them and got none of them. I mean, they got hats on the table with like more, an impressive amount actually in that little of a span of time because they Roquan had such a, such a time crunch. Yeah, but the one that yeah. is Roquan Smith. I'm in Marshall, yeah. uh, guys like that. And they got in and they had a chance with a lot of kids. Um, and got really in, too. I mean, like, they went out and saw, like, Amon Marshall, I think, a couple times. And we're in there. And uh, really, really in it, right? And it was, like, one of these things where uh, Snoop Dogg's son, uh, oh, yeah. who was a top receiver at the time, he ended up not playing football, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Like, highly competitive Roquan Smith. And they got in on all these kids. And they got all the way in. And then it came time to sign, and they were like, nah, I'm going to go with what I was already going to do. And it was just like this, whoa. You know, and I think for a lot of... Them, it was like, God, you know, and they didn't have much time, so it was different because they didn't have this. Right. But however, at the same time, though, Juwan doesn't have that much time either. No. He has more time than, than they had in that scenario. Mm -hmm. He has less sizzle because Jim Harbaugh had as much as you could possibly ever want and then some. He had all of it. Yeah. And however, he has a little bit more time, a little bit less of that, but I feel like it's, you know, you're fighting the same battle because it's like he's going to be in those, he's going to get some kids on campus, big time kids. You know, he's going to get, Walker Kessler on campus, probably, I would assume, right? He's going to yeah. get him here, his family, everybody. They're going to talk. They're going to get the hat on the table. And then it's still going to possibly be a situation where the kid's like, I'm just going to go to Duke. Because I don't know you, mm. really. <laughs> you know? And that's... So that's the hard part with this class. The yeah. next class is, is maybe where it would be different. But, yeah. again, unlike football, I don't know if he has that luxury. Because <laughs> this next class, this upcoming one has to be a... It has to be really, really good. It can't be a... 
hodgepodge, you know, like we miss on three of the five. It can't. It can't happen. Yeah, we're gonna have real because we've talked about this before. Like this is the class that needs to pop because yeah. you lose your you lose your foundation of the team when when, when Xavier Simpson and John Teske graduate. Um, you need a point guard and you need a center, and those are basically your two most important positions on the court. Yeah, they have Zeb Jackson. They still need a scorer. They need a center. I mean, like, right? Is this this class needs to be good? Is what I'm saying. And and yes, you, you and can't just have it be like a bridge. It's class. It's very I, interesting because we are gonna know. We are gonna know if this if Jawan Howard is a great recruiter. We are gonna know really fast. I think it's not gonna be a mystery because he does. Because it's just gonna. It is. I mean, if he pulls off a top level class, with it would be super impressive. Yeah. If he pulls off a whopper of a class and that and with all all the things we just talked about, kind of going against him a little bit, it would be very very impressive. If he doesn't, then it's kind of like I don't think we can totally judge him on. Well, he's a bad recruiter because he didn't sign like a whopper of a glass because it's like all the things we just talked about. Yeah. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna be really hard. Yeah, like all these guys, they had these pre- they, they had these relationships with these coaches and film on tape. Uh, you know everything. Here's yeah. what you're gonna do. Here's your position you're gonna play. Here's what it's gonna look like. Blah blah blah. On we go. He can't really do that, and it's just gonna be a fascinating situation to watch because it has to work. Right, I mean, they have to get a good class. It doesn't have to be like number one in the country, but it's got to be good. Yeah, it's a reload class. If Beeline were here, it was going to have to be a good class. And it was right. It was on track to be too. Yeah, yeah. I it think was going to have to be one of those ones that we talked about uh, two cycles ago. The Johns, you know, oh, that class. Right, it was ages, a big yeah. class, yeah, and yeah. it had a lot of really good players in it. And they yeah. wanted it. They needed it to be a big class because yeah. they needed to restock the program. Like yeah. this one is going to be that because kids are leaving. They're graduating. Yeah. That has to happen. It can't be this just like the, yeah, you know, leap and a prayer on a couple on a couple guys that don't work, and then the, the alternative the, the alternative would be like if you find yourself in that position where you just aren't getting the kids that you want, maybe they signed like three and take like two or three grad transfers. Yeah, I don't know. No. Like, and then, yeah, there are options. And then there, roll it over. Yeah, we'll see. But like, it's it's just really hard. Like the timing of it is just it it's is. very difficult. It's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. No idea how it's going to play out. I mean, I have my, I know how this has played out before, so I have my, I have my, uh, probably, <laughs> like, assumption about what's going to play out, only, but I don't want to assume yeah. anything. Well, the only, the only Because I don't know. I would mention that the difference is that basketball recruiting is weird, because you get mm-hmm. top kids who are just going to weird schools all the time. That's what I was just going to say. It's just It's that, different. It's more individually, yeah. it's more um, intimate. It yeah. really is, because it's, there's less people. Yeah. There's less players involved. He has a better chance of connecting with a kid on a personal level that is going to carry over into his college career than a football coach would have. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point to bring up because it's not the exact same thing. When Jim Harbaugh go, went that year and saw all those kids, you know, and they and they saw, they, ultimately they saw through all the glitz and everything else and they just didn't know him because, I mean, they'd known him for two weeks mm-hmm. and they passed, right? Or they'd known him for a month, whatever it was, and they passed. This is a little different because... You know, they would have been going to play one of 22 on a team where the head coach doesn't really ever talk to you. <laughs> I mean, he does, yeah. but it's not like, you know, on a on a minute-by-minute basis like you would with basketball. So, yeah. yeah, kids do go to weird schools all the time. Western Kentucky, my old stomping ground, still pulling kids all left and right. So you never know yeah. what will happen. But um, an interesting thing either way. Orion had a lot of good stuff from Peach Jam and more to come uh, this week before we go to football media days. So, uh What's the next uh, recruiting period or watershed point or whatever for these guys? Uh, they have an elite camp coming up here. Yeah, so the August third one is is it's like a big event for them because like they can 
they can have kids up for visits at that point. Yeah. Um, but really, like, they're they're entering like a pretty dead period. Yeah, which is like they're in a dead period for a while. Not a great uh, setup here for college basketball recruiting right now. A lot of people complaining about it. Yeah, coaches anyway. So. But in any event, uh, we'll have more on that uh, as it happens. Uh, not a lot of uh, football stuff that's happened in the last week. We'll have more on that next week uh, after media days. Uh, you know, although media days are a made-for-TV, sanitized, giant waste of time, if you were asking me. They are what they are. Uh, Jim Harbaugh we, will be there with uh, Ben Bredesen, Kalik Hudson, and Jordan Glasgow. And, you know, I imagine he'll get asked about Ohio State a hundred times. And uh, I imagine Ryan Day will get asked about Jim Harbaugh a hundred times. And by the end of Friday, they'll both, like I imagine Jim Harbaugh, will find a way to get out of his media session before his allotted time, as he often does. And I have no uh, reason to blame him for doing that, because they make him sit there for like an hour or whatever it is. And a long um, time. We'll see how it goes. But in any event... We'll be there to cover it all, as it is. Uh, whatever. So, uh, but there's always stuff, though. There's always yeah. a few things to talk yeah. about yeah. out of that. Although I don't know how much, I don't know how much an addition we'll get. I mean, the guy gave us a full depth chart of how things were going at the end of spring in terms of. He doesn't know how anything would turn into he has, yeah. summer workouts. He can't I would also those. say this is a good time, by the way, for me to say this. I say it every year. These uh, these whole like I'm hearing this guy is doing a hell of a, they haven't practiced yet, folks. Let's keep that in mind. They haven't even put a helmet on, and they won't until August second or first or whatever. And beyond that, if a tree falls in the forest and no one sees it, and no one being any of us who aren't paid by the university, maybe we should take that with a grain of salt. So I'm just gonna put that out there now. We'll probably circle back to it later, but it's about to be fall camp season, and that gets a little weird. If anyone who's followed along over the years, if there's, I, I used to always joke with Brendan, we needed to do an old Wolverine beat episode of the graveyard list of players who were turning the corner in fall camp and gonna be pushing for a job that we never ever saw again. It would be ten miles long. So anyway, uh, we'll just. Say that and leave that as it is as we go forward here. There's a lot of questions this week, so we will get into those. Uh, sorry about the uh, soapbox situation there. But that's always a always an interesting time. Uh, <laughs> uh, fall camp. I, I always feel like fall camp is just like people get really excited and they just. It's been a long time since football happened, so they just want to. They want to believe. <laughs> that makes sense with some stuff. But the truth is out there. The truth is out there. Okay, let's see. Start off with the basketball one, and we'll get into football. Greg says, for Orion, uh, Michigan's top four basketball players appear to be Simpson, Teske, Livers, and Franz. Uh, so I guess we're just going to put Franz in the top four? Yeah, we, yeah probably fair, right? Yeah. I mean, or at least he's in competition for it, right? Mm -hmm. um, which other Big Ten teams have a better uh, best four than that? Uh only five guys played a time, as Greg notes. He, yeah. says, so he says his his answer would be at most four, uh, but he'd like to know what you would think about that. Uh, Michigan State. He says Michigan State, Maryland, and he doesn't know. I was going to say Michigan. I was going to say Michigan State, Maryland. Mar yeah. Maryland is is yeah. Jalen Smith, who I think could be a first right. round lottery pick. You have Cohen, experienced point guard. You have uh, Eric Ariel, 
who's a really good three-point shooter, yeah. combo guard, and Aaron Wiggins, who was also a really good three-point right. shooter and wing. So that, that four is pretty hard to beat. Michigan State, of course, you have Cassius, who's the favorite for national yeah, player of the year. Number top two. Yeah, team they, they have two of the top. Like, honestly, I would, I'm, I don't, I'm not really trying to blow smoke anyone, but, like, I would put Xavier uh, Tillman in my top five players in the country. I think he has yeah. a bigger impact well, on the Everyone defense. knows that I think he's awesome, and yeah. no one believes me. So I thought he should have declared for the draft last year, yeah, but well, I was alone. T- to me, he and, to he, like, I think he and Cassius are both top five players in the country. So that's, that's two. Yeah. You have Aaron Henry, and then you have Josh Langford. That's so they're one team. Pretty hard to beat. That's, Maryland that's, would yeah. be another. Yeah. Um. But beyond that, yeah, it gets it's, it gets Wisconsin slow. probably yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's like okay, Simpson, Teske, and Livers, and Franz. Mm-hmm. Um, the first three players on that list are defensive players that require help. Offensively, so in a way, it's like yeah, that's a really good trio, and and a good shooter freshman uh, scorer coming yeah. in. But I don't know how I we the guys you just said, uh, the guys at Michigan State have those are two way players. Yeah, well, Cash is probably not, the, but those the, are two way players. Yeah, uh, the the way I put this it, is not that. The way I put it is this: if this was the John Beeline coach team, yeah, that would be the third best, you know, yeah, no, four well, four in, in a conference. Yeah. Because we know what they would look like under John yep. Beeline. We know how you'd use them. Yep. And if they it's, had bronze, we yeah. certainly would know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just way different because like, they're still good, but we just don't know how they're going to be utilized. We yeah. don't know what the system's going to be. We don't, we don't know if it's going to play to their strengths or their weaknesses. Um, so, so it's hard to like put Michigan up at the top of the Big Ten. I, yeah. I see where the question is, what, what it's aiming at. It's just... Because it, like, they, are, they are talented. Yeah. But it's just hard to like, and say... And battle-tested. Yeah, else. it's just hard to say like Michigan is going to be a top-four team in the Big Ten based on the talent, because we don't know what the talent is going to play like. We don't know how Jawan is going to use them. We don't know what the schemes are looking like. So it's just hard. You know, we yeah. can't, I, 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 for one, am not ready to say that. And it's also like if Livers takes a big step with his game, yeah, that changes I mean, a lot. Yeah. If Teske takes a big step with his game, that changes a lot. If Brandon Johns and et al., if they all take, you know, major steps, then, yeah, there's they're certainly talent on the roster. But it's just hard. And, and yeah, the point there is to be made, the Big Ten is – we don't know with a lot of these teams. It's yeah. Michigan State, Maryland, and uh, you know. Purdue's down. Purdue's yeah, down. Wisconsin is people. I saw people thought Wisconsin would be good. Wisconsin mm-hmm. was falling apart at the end of last season. I don't think they're very good. And they lost Ohio State half. will be better. Ohio State, uh, yeah, they sound a really good. That class. Would be one. They'll be better. Illinois will be better. Yeah. Um, they should be anyway. Uh, I think Illinois will be good. I think that's a fair, I think so too, yeah. solid team. Yeah. Um, Indiana, no, probably not. Yeah, uh, Iowa. Iowa yeah. could be okay. Iowa will be. I, I saw yeah. Iowa will be Iowa. Yeah. I would say they'll be what they always are. Yeah. I would think Minnesota will be down. Um, yeah. Uh, as they lost a fair amount. Um, Penn, trying to think Penn State here. could be a Penn State will be sleeper. They have Penn State will be Penn State, yeah, right? They'll maybe. be the same as they always are. Tough. Yeah. Team. Probably a tough team, tougher than you probably think. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's gonna yeah. So it's like certainly if Beeline were here. Michigan would be top four, maybe top, maybe top two, because the because of all the uncertainty. So you just go with the coach. Yeah, that's usually how this works. With yeah. the teams are predict, you know, you just say that coach will figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and Beeline was a classic example of that. John Howard, maybe he's that guy too, but we just don't know. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say. Right. So it is, it's such a, it's an interesting question from Greg because it does you put it down on paper like that. I mean, those three guys with Franz. Yeah. Like, hey man. And as Greg says, only five play. You yeah, know, <laughs> this is true. You're not playing with thirty guys. It's a good, good question. So, like, yeah. I mean, it's fair enough. 
And, uh, you know, it's hard for me to bet against somebody like Xavier Simpson. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also there's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. And yeah, I'm sure that will motivate them as they go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Jordan, uh, one defensive player who has to perform at an all-Big Ten level or American level for Michigan to beat Ohio State and go to Indianapolis. Well, I don't think it's as, as easy as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, if I said one big one player who needs to <clears> step up. Um, it would have to be one of those that other corner. They need somebody at that other corner spot, right? Vincent Gray or Mm -hmm. Ambry Thomas or whomever. Or just Dax Hill comes in and can just lock down that nickel spot immediately on passing downs. Like if they could get him to just step in and just cover guys there. I mean, yeah. I put out a thing. uh, What was it? Maybe it was after we did the podcast last week, where somebody asked me about I can't remember what it was or how this conversation started. But it was about like the alignment of the of how I thought the defense would look, mm-hmm. and we we've talked about it on here. Um, and I am getting a ton of questions because I just said like I thought it would look. Oh, it was about like Mike Dana. Mm-hmm. Oh, because right. I said like uh, I think it'll be because they're talking about the lack of depth at defensive tackle, and I said I don't think that'll be as big of a deal necessarily. I think they can scheme around it. I think they can say three defensive ends on the field, including Uche. So I said it would be two defensive ends, a tackle, Uche. Hudson, Josh Ross, or Hudson and a middle linebacker, and then corner, corner, safety, safety, nickel, which would be basically a 4-2-5 or a 3-3-5, three, three, mm-hmm. depending on what Uche did, whatever. And in that scenario, I didn't. I mean, I listed names just because whatever, and people were like, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? And I was like, I, I mean, Daxon Hill, I would think, would be your nickel, at mm-hmm. some point, right? Yeah. I would think that or he would at least be in safety. competition to do that, yeah. or starting safety. I think it would probably depend on, you know, how I mean, Brad Hawkins, how he plays in camp, mm-hmm. uh, how that works too. out. You know, yeah, Jameric Woods. I mean, is Jameric Woods going to continue to play safety, or are they going to just put him at linebacker and and end this? Because he should be playing linebacker, but whatever. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, as they go forward here with these guys, like. Um, yeah, it was a lot of, like, it, the, the alignment was the alignment, but there's there obviously, we don't know what that corner spot, I would think Daxon Hill would be involved at the nickel, because I don't, if we don't know at one of the corner spots, then who, who would be the other one? You know, we don't know. I, I just think you'll have a, a scenario put forth here, and we got off the rails here on this one, but, I mean, to get as much speed on the field as possible, right. your fastest lineup wouldn't include an extra defensive tackle, and in my opinion, it wouldn't include that, that will linebacker. I would just take that off the field because if you're going to sit out there with uh, a team that's going to spread you out and run you all over the field and you're putting a will linebacker on the field, you're going to get your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just going to take that guy and they're just going to wear him out and there's not going to be anything you can do about it. So, I, I mean, if it, I am parsing, and if I'm reading between the lines on some of the stuff Don Brown said in the spring, I think that's what they'll do. I think they'll take the slower guys off the field and replace them with faster guys. Could be wrong, but that's... Yeah. It was. It made for an inter- well, yeah. interesting Twitter we're, debate. We're, we're talking like I, I think the context is we're talking against like spread like against yeah, Ohio I mean, State and Penn State, but against like Wisconsin. Yeah, you, you there's do it all the way. two just, teams yeah. on the schedule. It's Wisconsin yeah. and probably Michigan State and Iowa. Yeah. And Iowa, yeah, you play yeah. Iowa again this year, so that's three. Yeah. So like Donovan Jeter and Mozzie Smith, and those guys would be important right. in those games, uh, and they'll be important throughout the season. They rotate, yeah. and all those guys will, uh, you know, and Devin Gill and, and and those guys will be important in those games. Mm-hmm. But against Penn State, no. Against Ohio State, no. Against Notre Dame, no. You know, against teams that are going to 
match your speed, you have to have more speed on the field. I think they have the ability to do that this year. Yeah. They had the ability to do it last year, to be fair, and they didn't, but that's neither here nor there. Um, JD says, what do you think is would be better for Michigan's defense, Jackson Hill being ready to start immediately or Mike Dwumfor becoming an every-down player? Um, I, I mean, Mike Dwumfor, I mean... The de- defensive linemen really aren't, I mean, defensive tackles really aren't every down guys anyway. And they rotate so much. I mean, I think I kind of know where he's getting at here because Dwemfor was like the one guy who could rush that's inside rush, yeah. last yeah. year. And I feel like that's kind of important, and they don't really have that, which is why I feel like if you move Quiddy Pay inside a little bit more sometimes, that'll help with that. But yeah, I mean, I, that's an interesting question mm-hmm. because. Because of all the guys on the interior line, he's the closest. They to the have to get somebody. Like, yeah, yeah. He's they the really. To Mohunters. They felt that last year a lot, yeah. not having that interior rush because they didn't have any. Yeah, not at all. Um, and Dwemfor was the best at it, and he was. I mean, he's a part-time part-time player, I guess. And he got hurt last year. And he got hurt, yeah. and he played through an injury. Um, yeah, I might even lean toward that because I, I think he'll probably be ready to play. Um. But I, and I, but I think that he says immediately. So I think he'll be ready to play at some point this year. I would say Dwemfor being like a stud would be. Yeah. I'd say I'd probably rather have that. Um, Matt K asks about Mike Dana. What do you expect from Mike Dana? Is it more likely that he's a Wayne Lyons type? Uh, who, Wayne Lyons didn't play much. Or someone who plays quite a bit this year. Did you watch any of Mike Dana? I watched a lot of him. Have you watched much of him? Not much, no. Just uh, a couple YouTube clips. So he is... Uh, he would have been probably either the Mac Player of the Year preseason or at least high on the list. I think he's one of the only returning. He would have been only one of, one of the only returning guys on that defense all, all first team. Uh, so he would have been in contention to be one of the, maybe the best defensive player in the Mac. Um, I think he's a good player. He's like six two two sixty. He's not quite big enough to be what they want as an anchor, but I think he could be like Quiddy Pay. I think he could be a version of that mm-hmm. where he plays on the edge and maybe he could play inside as a rush tackle. I think he could play a fair amount. I think he'll be a good player for him. I think he'll play a lot. I don't see why he wouldn't. I also don't know what they're going to get from like Luigi Villain. I don't know what he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be a guy who comes in and just tears the house down or if it's just too late and the injuries, you know, led to led to him falling behind. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see. What's what did Nezzy ask? Will Jackson Hill become the first true freshman to start game one on defense for Harbaugh? Well, what do you say to Nezzy's question? Is it is it in game has one? Has that never happened? Uh, first true freshman. I I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, it depends on who starts, right? But I mean, if, yeah. And see the starting nickel. Fair enough. I mean, if whether or not they start the game in nickel, I don't know. But uh, I don't see why not. I don't see yeah. why it couldn't be. Yeah. Who else they got back there? Um, okay, so if, if he had enrolled early, it'd be a lock. Well, it'd be a lock. Probably. But, but um, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> well, okay. Well, who else would take? Who would take his job? The ball at nickel, it'd be Hawkins ahead of him, right? Technically, I guess. Or Unless, Kelly, or Kelly Powell, because yeah. Kelly Powell's there. And then at safety, um, I'm assuming he's opposite of Metellus, so it'd be Mick Woods yep. ahead of him. Yeah, that and Hawkins too, because Hawkins can play well. So it, those three guys: Kelly Powell, 
Hawkins and Woods. He just has to, he has to beat them out in in any order. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because like, God, they could even play dime in some scenarios, yeah. and he would be out. He would certainly be out there. I would think in that right. situation, which which would for me, I would say he's a starter basically in mm-hmm. that scenario. I yeah, I think he's gonna play. A lot. Heavy rotation in game one. I don't know if he'll be the starter, though, because I just don't know. <laughs> to go down in the books on the start chart, it has to be whatever alignment you line up in. Yeah. I think Middle Tennessee spreads it out pretty good, so I would assume you'd at least be in nickel yeah. for most of that game. At night, by the way. Did you remember that it was yes. at night? Yes. Somebody told me that the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, I completely forgot it was at night. It's, it's during welcome week, And too. then I was like, oh, a- we're going to be sitting there in a rain delay or a lightning delay at, at 1030 at night in the third quarter. Or whatever, and everyone's gonna re- remember how stupid this is to play night games in thunderstorm season uh, in late August here because it always always happens. Um, Tyler says he saw a report that Miles Hinton will be visiting a few times this year to watch his brother play. Uh, the initial over under out, out of Vegas would suggest Stanford will struggle this season. Would you see a scenario where we can steal him uh, from Stanford, or is he a lock to Stanford regardless? Well, he's gonna come watch Chris play. Does that mean he's going to come as a recruit, or does that mean he's going to come to watch his brother play? We wouldn't know either way because we he really was, wouldn't. Because would if he was coming as a recruit, he would just <laughs> yeah. he would just say, "I'm coming to watch my brother." Yeah, play. right. And, we really wouldn't. So... I would think you'd take full advantage of it, though, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I would I think. Mean, just hey, man, slip. if you get a kid on campus a couple times and he hasn't signed a letter, I would. No one's a lock till they sign a letter. Okay, yeah. that's. I'm sure that they will continue to try to recruit him every minute he is in the area code of Ann Arbor, Michigan. If that's one time, if that's two times, if that's five times, yes, I assume they will continue to try to recruit him. However, at the same time, I would also suggest for someone like that, if you pick Stanford, um, I would think that Stanford, the school, had a lot to do with him picking Stanford as much as the football team, which maybe they're not going to be great this year, but it's still a pretty sound program. It's not not maybe what it was. Five years ago, still pretty solid, and it's Stanford. Not to say that Michigan's not Michigan, but it's, you know, you pick Stanford. Yeah. I would assume it's about more than just football. Yeah. So maybe that'd be a harder pull. I don't know. No. Anytime you get a guy around here, though, it's things change. Got a couple of miles in questions. Uh, another basketball recruiting from Nate. Uh, is it wise for Juwan to offer so many top-rated prospects right now, right out of the shoot? Uh, and then, what's your guess on the percentage of him bringing in a top twenty-five class? For 2020, uh, top 25 class. We can start with the second part of that question. Um, based on volume, yeah, I, I think one. I think he's gonna have one. Yeah, it'd be a shock if he didn't. It'd be bad if he did. Yeah, yeah right. just just based on volume alone, <laughs> they already have a top 60 kid committed in Zeb Jackson, <coughs> which is a really good starting point. So yeah, if you've got a couple more top 100 kids, and you're already there. Yeah, yeah. so it works. Um, first part of the question: Is it wise to offer so many top-rated prospects right away? I don't think it hurts anything. Yeah, I mean, it's if that's all you're doing, I, maybe that's what he's yeah. doing. It, but it's like it's it's pretty clear that he's offering prospects that he either knows or someone interested or he has ties to. So, and that happened, like we said so. earlier, that happens to be all his kids happen to know all of the best players. Yeah, and that's kind of where that comes from. So, mm-hmm. that's that. Uh, uh one, oh, sorry, one more. It, it doesn't hurt to offer a kid because even if you offer him and, and he turns out to not be that interested, what's yeah. what's the cost to you? There's no, no, there's, there's no, no cost. Yeah. So I mean, 
Some schools just throw. You just got to yeah. you just got to cast your net to a point of, of being a little. You know, you can make your wishes and be a little more realistic too at the same yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Which I'm sure they'll get there. Um, last one we'll do today, Zach. Uh, how will the route trees and the passing game be different this year? What, f from a schematic standpoint, will be different that will make the passing game more proficient? Um, I mean, well, route tree is a route tree. I suppose the spread. Um, there's more rubs and they, but they ran a lot of those last year. Anyway, I don't. I don't. I think he's getting that conflated with something. the 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 scheme um, will be different. I think from the standpoint of they will have more athletes on the field running uh, catchable routes than they did a year ago. At times where it was a lot of double tight, uh, with basically two and one and one staying in to protect and two receivers running a route. I mean, I think there'll be a lot more three man routes. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe some four-man routes that are legit four-man routes and not just like a four-man route where the two guys run like an alert to get everybody away from the two. I think it'll just be a lot of, you know, it'll be a lot more three- and four-man routes, including guys coming out of the backfield. Um, I think they're going to be a lot more, as we've said, the personnel groupings will be different, but I don't think you'll see as much double tight this year. I can't imagine why you would. Um, any two-back sets... Moving forward, I would think, unless it's short yardage, would be the second back would be somebody like Sainer so still. Yeah, or Jules I mean, Jones. Yeah, or Giles Jackson or whomever. Um, so I just think it'll be, that's what we talk about when we say, like, I mean, if you watch Penn State's offense when Moorhead was there, or watch Moorhead's offense now at Mississippi State. By the way, Joe Moorhead had last week, do you see this? He had, Joe Moorhead did a chalk talk with all of uh, the people who cover Mississippi State. He did a uh, media film session where he brought them in all of them I think uh, to his coaching room with the clicker and went through their offense M Mississippi State taped some of it and tweeted it out pretty cool anyway if you watch some of that stuff whoa, if you watch some of that stuff uh, I think that's uh, more and then what we saw in the spring of course um, it's more RPO which uh, leads for more attacking the middle of the field because um, that's kind of what your standard RPO will look like but, uh, you know, routes will be routes. But I think that what he's getting at is, you know, there'll be more guys, <laughs> more options to throw the ball to. Because, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, how many times last year did we, did we see something where we're like, that's a, that's a one or two man route? That's what West Coast offense was. That's yeah. what it is. It, I mean, it's like you got four guys running routes, but like three of them are only running a route to get one guy open. It's a one man route or a two man route. The other option is like uh, not really realistic, right? So. That would be my guess. That's not a guess. That's what's going to happen uh, because that's how it's going to go forward uh, from here with their offense. So that'll do it uh, for this week. Orion's already kicked his computer on the ground. Did it break or is it no, okay? That's fine. Yeah. All right, that's good. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for that this week. That was unfortunate. Uh, we'll come back next week and have more from uh, media days to talk about. I'm sure a few things here and there, uh, and then they will start practice in a couple weeks after that or whatever it is week and a half, two weeks after that. So uh, that'll do it. Uh, we got an hour out of that today. That's pretty good for, for a mid-July podcast. Uh, thanks for listening and participating as always. For Ryan, I'm Nick. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you later.